Are you guys serious? This is so amateur. This is the final installment of our Lionsbridge FC series. In this episode, we interviewed Coach Chris Wally and Lionsbridge player Ivan Militar. It was a really good talk with the guys, and uh, we really appreciated them and everyone else. Uh, stay tuned after the interview and uh, to hear Mine and Ben's final thoughts on how the whole experience was driving up there, talking with the players, watching the game, hanging out you know, in, at the festival ahead of time. It was a lot of fun, though. It was a blast. But um, if you missed any of our previous episodes, we have three episodes on um, Lionsbridge FC. There's no particular order, so you can listen to this one and then go back. Uh, they're all with the number 0030. This should be episode 0030.99. Um, we just had a blast doing this. It's been a lot of fun. And um, we talked with the uh, founders of the team in episode 0030.33. Talked with the supporters group to finish the bridge, episode 0030.66. And the first episode, 0030. To be honest, it's our weakest episode. Uh, we were both very tired. We recorded it right after we got to our Airbnb, after the game and everything else. Um, but it was a blast, and we talked about the atmosphere of the game and things of that nature. But uh, without further ado, here's that interview with uh, Coach and Ivan. And we are here now with Chris Wally, uh, head coach of Lionsbridge and Lionsbridge player Ivan Militar. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. So, uh, Coach, you're, you're this team's first ever head coach. What was uh, what did the club communicate to you that they wanted you to bring to the team on and off the field during the hiring process? Uh, so around Christmas time of last year, I spoke with uh, Mike and the other owners, and you know, ultimately they were looking for a competitive team that was going to you know be able to compete in what is a very very tough league. Mm-hmm. And then you know a big thing was making sure we're bringing you know, young men in who were going to represent. You know, the image of this program in a, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to win, we want to be successful. You know, we've got our goals and aspirations as a program, but more so, we want to make sure that the, the young men we bring here are representing the, uh, the team in a great light, obviously in this community. Mm-hmm. You know, we have host families, and we have a lot of community involvement. So with that being said, it's extremely important you've got the right type of people here playing for the club, and I think we've done a pretty good job of that. So with that said, um because another question we were asked a little bit later on, but I was going to ask it now. We, one thing we find interesting about League 2 is there's a whole different variety of teams. You have teams who are fully focused on development, teams that are fully focused on success, and teams that have a balance of that. Would you say Lionsbridge then is pretty much fully focused on success, or is there a wee bit of development mixed in as well? I'd say, yeah, probably a bit of a hybrid in terms of development and success. Mm-hmm. We want to win and we want to be successful, but... One of the things we've done, because we don't have a youth club here, yeah. you know, we are able to bring in young players from young, you know, younger players from different clubs, yeah. and at the same and you know, different universities. One of the things I try to do is bring in the likes of Ivan and Luke Stats, Tony McVeigh, Jamie Gunderson, guys, you know, ex-professionals who've been good players, whether it be you know in the USL leagues or leagues overseas, who can then try and help these younger, you know, collegiate age guys develop. Because yeah. ultimately, the collegiate age guys are. For the most most part, they're trying to play in this league to give themselves a shot window yeah. to get picked up by one of the you know one of the pro teams. So I think mm. that's probably where our development piece comes in. And you know, this year we've done a nice job of picking up some local younger talent who are you know, still in high school. Right. Who are now yeah. part of this program and you know working with our first team and our reserves. 
So potentially we'll have even more local guys playing over the next few years as well. How would you say where you're not attached to a specific academy or youth structure, does that aid in you? Would you say it gives more flexibility? Maybe make your job a little bit harder in some ways, but yeah. It's a great question. It's a question I asked Mike and the other owners when I was interviewed for the job. And the reason I said that, I was like, well, are we going to have a youth club? Because my perception was the youth club's going to bring a bunch of supporters and family members out to games. I actually think it works the opposite way by not having a youth club. Yeah. We have a we have specific youth club nights. So we we have a lot of you know supporters who come from across the side of the water, mm-hmm. Chesapeake, Suffolk. Uh, in this area we have le- kids who play for the legacy come and watch us. So you know and, uh, the Tidewater Sharks. So we have all the clubs come and support us rather than in some ways if we were attached to one specific club you yeah. might alienate some of those so in some yeah. ways it surprised me it surprised me but i think it's been a, a pretty cool thing you're in club soccer i don't know what's your thoughts no i think it's just, I, I think you made a good point about that that it's more clubs can come out uh just across the water there's you know one of our rivals vb united that is you know, affiliated with Rush, Region Rush and Beach FC. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's not a plus for them. It's a pretty good, you know, solid marketing piece, I would say, but it's not necessarily showing up in support. I, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I think we get, you know, our support is unbelievable. Yeah. And a lot of that yeah. is young soccer players from different clubs in the area, not one specific one. It's pretty cool when you see the, the guys wearing a Lionsbridge jersey. It's cool when you see other kids wearing a Legacy jersey at a Lionsbridge game or yeah. a Tidewater Sharks jersey and that kind of also, stuff. Also, I thought, you know, not, not to dig at NCFC in any way, but I You're totally see, okay to dig at NCFC. <laughs> but, you know, not yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I was very surprised they didn't even have ball boys the other day and, and they are a youth soccer club. So I, I was, I was, you know, I was a little surprised about that. How, how you know, you, you're mentioning, you know, having a, you know, having a background, having a, a club supporting you, affiliated with you strictly. Um, you know, I don't see, I don't see the aid for them. As a matter of fact, we see completely the opposite. Where, you know, we have a lot of smaller clubs in this area, uh, on the peninsula, a lot of smaller clubs, mostly recreational clubs, which you know, again, helps with uh, with the numbers and helps with. You know, kids just wanna wanna enjoy a night of soccer and come out and, and, and watch us. And I think it's it's absolutely brilliant how many uh, kids we've seen on the game. That's all. So it sounds like instead of having one club that you're tied to, you have all these little clubs in the same area that are holding y'all up, both with support and potential players. Yeah, I, 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 that, that I, does sound awesome. I think I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah. You know, it's Lionsbridge is the you know for all of those clubs and we're connected with all those clubs we you know we've got them done camps and we've got to do clinics and we invite their kids out to bring you know to be ball boys and to be the people who walk out and you know escort the players out to the stadium and, and those sorts of things so i think it's, it is a pretty cool thing and that's not saying that we, we feel like we're bigger and better than anything but it's something that we you know you soccer in this country people compete for players and it becomes awkward yeah we're not awkward we're just here and we're you know, a semi-pro team and we've got a bunch of college players, a bunch of ex-pros and this is us. Bring your kids out and watch a great game of soccer, have a great experience there at the state. And plus that, I, I think I talked to Mike about this and Mike was mentioning, our, one of our owners mentioned it, that you know, it would take month of time away from him. Instead we are, I mean look around, this is, this is the best game day you can get anywhere in USL. I mean this is literally one of the best locations to play USL too. 
Yeah. And so all the energy that Mike and, and, and you know people working in this organization put in is instead of working on the other stuff, the unnecessary stuff, we can put it into our own our own vision and mission. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Which is a good point. Mm -hmm. So kind of to direct the questions at you now, Ivan, um, just doing a little bit of research on your career in soccer and your life in soccer. Uh, you were born in Hungary, that's right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then uh, you came over here and played at Old Dominion, that's right. got your education, and played soccer as well. What I'm curious on with you being born in Hungary and coming over here to get an education is what happened after school to, to have you stay here and, and want to, I guess, maybe plant your roots in this area? Right. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be a professional player in, in America. I had some flavors that when I was younger, 18, 19 years old, I was playing the reserve team of the professional team. Actually, team won a Hungarian Cup the year when I left. Mm -hmm. uh, they offered me a contract, a larger contract than what I had. Um, and I declined it because, you know, sometimes you don't know in Europe whether you're going to get your money or not. Uh, oh. it, was, it was a really straight up, I mean, honestly, my scholarship was double the amount that I would have got on a pro con contract. Wow. And this is where I'm. And this and is that was in Hungary, just a, in a Hungarian club. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Playing on the playing, you know, being on the on a large, you know, thirty-five man roster, mostly playing on the reserve team because, you know, I was eighteen years old. So, uh, you know, I decided that that it's gonna be a better chance to come to America and, and play, and uh, you know, get a degree. Now, now I I finished three degrees actually at Old Dominion. Hmm. I played five years uh, because I got injured and. You know, I don't want to be one of those guys that's saying, "Oh yeah, I would have made pro if I'm not injured." But it did it did not help me to have my best year, junior year, and then I tore my ACL after that. I missed the year and I come back for my uh, super senior year. I guess I had a pretty solid year. I was, you know, I was happy. And overall, looking at my um, college career, overall, I thought that it was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I got into the record book of my school, which made me really proud. And, and you know, I had an overall okay, okay career, I think, at ODU. And I had some chances. I was preseason with Real Salt Lake. Yeah. And, uh, back then, they were they were having the preseason in Arizona, um, and I got the chance to be there. You know, playing one or two scrimmages with them. I mean, I didn't go further than that. And I think you know, and I think that's that's. Um, that's pretty, you know, pretty much the reality of what kind of player uh, I am. Um, I think, you know, now I, I was just thinking about this, um, you know, driving over here, how lucky I am that I can still play and, and you yeah. play for an organization, for a coach like Bolly, like who, um, you know, who makes me want to play soccer again. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, it sucks, to be honest, we talk about this all the time, how, how in America you can't play after what, like, on a on a decent level, not everybody can play. So there's not there's not enough opportunities. You know, there's there should be you know fifth, sixth league like like in England, yeah. like like in Hungary, where so you, you know, say you don't feel like there's enough of a professional right. level. No, 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 just, just levels, just in levels, yeah, just okay. in general levels. Um, you know, everybody, every town should have a soccer team, especially mm -hmm. the Newport News, a Norfolk, a Regent Beach, a Suffolk should have a soccer team. Not everybody has to be on the level that we are. There should be one below and then one below, and then and then I would not feel like at 27 old, um, you yeah. know, because I have basically this is the only opportunity I can play all year round. I can play men's leagues and you know levels that you there's a better chance that you're gonna get hurt than uh, get a good workout out of it. So mm -hmm. so yeah. you know it, it for me it's frustrating, but summer is the best time. I mean I'm <laughs> I'm loving it, and, and again I'm lucky because 
I have good and bad experiences in, in summer leagues as well, and, and this is by far the best, and not only in summer leagues, but in general in my career, this is one of the best things that I've ever done. Uh, let me add, I just want to build on what that, for me as a coach, I want to give these older guys an opportunity. I played in the USL, PDL when it was, until I was 31, and I played USL Pro for a couple of years, and then did it, and I played till I was 31, but it was hard. Yeah. It's hard staying fit for yeah. eight you months. For? Just out of curiosity. I played for the Reading Rage when they were Division Three. This was, you know, three I think or four. Mm-hmm. And then I played for the West Virginia Chaos for about seven years when they were a PDL team. Yeah. It's hard to stay fit for eight months for a four-month season. Mm-hmm. We've had this conversation a lot of times, and you know, guys, don't, I probably played some of my best soccer when I was like, twenty-seven or twenty-eight years old. You talk about in world soccer, some of the best players that get into their bed. Look, how old's Ronaldo right now? He's at the peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's made it at the end. At the end, but you know, 27, 28, 29 are your peak years. And in this country, not enough people are playing soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I totally agree with Ivan. Wouldn't it be great if every town had a team? It doesn't have to be professional, but just every town had a team. Every little village had a team. Mm-hmm. And they played in an amateur league and they played against each right. other. And you had a, a local, a Tidewater league, and mm-hmm. they played. Because ultimately, that's what I think it needs to do to grow. It's growing, this, the game is growing. Massively in this country, and it's awesome yeah. how far it's come. Probably in our lifetimes, right. you know, I'm excited to see how far it's going to go. In, you know, when my sons play, right? Yeah. So, so, so uh, when did you finish playing at Old Dominion? 2015. So, from there, uh, what, what what did you do until? Because Lionsbridge just started last year. You mostly played like in rec leagues and in summer leagues in the area, or I, I played for an MPSL team. Okay. Um, and uh, then I actually coached and played mm. on a on an other semi-professional league. There's so many leagues; it's actually right. mind-boggling. <laughs> right. Um, I always played. I always played. Right. Um, but again, you know what you see a lot of times is that teams don't put a lot of resources into their summer league team. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Partly because, like I just say, you know, here in Newport News. This is the only thing that's going on in the town, and yeah. you see it. I mean, you're gonna see it tonight. I mean, there's gonna be you know close to two thousand or not more people in here, and that's unbelievable. Mm. Food yeah. trucks. I mean, beer tent. I mean, mm-hmm. we have we have we have to stay here twenty five minutes after the game to sign autographs because there's this is the this is the event, mm. yeah. and a lot of people are forcing soccer, high level soccer like ours, uh, into places where there's there's not, not enough market or there's too many things, other things that are going around. So that's why I think, again, tying back to the other point, that's why I think it would be good to, you know, every town have its own level. This is actually like one of those rare occasions when the level, the community, and everything else matches perfectly. Right. If this would be one level low, low, lower, it would not be successful. If it would be one level higher, we need to be. We would be working really, really hard to right. make to make it financially work. So I think. So I think me, um, you know, just seeing different summer league teams and, and leagues, I think this is. This is where I want to. I want to play. Yes. So how did you end up in uh, Lionsbridge? Um. Well, I live in. I lived in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Now I moved to Newport News, not because of Lionsbridge, but. It's it's a it's a fun thing anyhow, um, but because I'm so close, I was at ODU. Mm-hmm. Um, people there on the team I I, I knew. Um, one of the assistants and one of the uh, who's playing Tanner McWay as well. He was he was a volunteer uh, assistant coach at ODU. Now he's the leading assistant for ODU. So I knew him, um, you know, for a long time. And uh, you know, the moment when we had the first practice with with coach, you know, since then it's you know, 
it was not a hard decision. So I was last year I was making the commute actually, like you know, it's an hour sometimes. Oh wow! Well, yeah. um, and this year, thankfully, uh, you know, it's only five minutes away. So. And there you have it. That's pretty much the end of all of our interviews and things on Lionsbridge FC. Ben, do you have any uh, final thoughts on interviews or the atmosphere, just big takeaways you have? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly it was just really cool to finally see what Lionsbridge has been doing and, and here as well in person. Uh, just listening to the different individuals we were able to talk to, uh, whether it was the ownership, uh, mm-hmm. supporter group, and then really, uh, I think my biggest takeaway is really just talking with Ivan and uh, and Wally as well, the coach, because um, you could just tell that there was a certain bit of pride being a part of the organization and, and, and representing the city and, and representing the club and that kind of thing, which I think can kind of get overlooked uh, in some ways would lead to in uh, certain types of club. And the fact that they, the club's only been around for well, this being the second year, I, I think it was just really cool to uh, to put faces with that club and everything, and really just to hear specifically the stories as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I, um, I was really blown away by all of it. it. It was really cool to see, like, I thought it was really interesting, you know, listening to the ownership. Um, it seemed to be almost like an underlying theme with everybody, like just like they're really happy with the level that they're at. And it's not a matter of like, you know, settling. It's about what's fine and what's best for their community. And it's like it's almost like a community project that just happens to have soccer as its main theme. But yeah. it's only for a short amount of time of the year. And another thing I really found interesting uh, when a uh, coach was talking about how like, because they don't have a youth club that they're directly affiliated with, it's turned into this whole thing where all the youth clubs support them and how that's helped build up uh, the supportership of the club, which I thought was a really interesting take and not one that I thought about before because a lot of our clubs here in US, uh, USL League 2, they do seem to have like a youth affiliate, um, and that seems to be where a good bit of support comes from. So I just thought it was really interesting seeing it work like that. And... Um, like on the other way around and how that's helped them with their support and their success early on. But, um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody at Lions Bridge, you know, Mike and Kevin, of course, and, you know, coach and Ivan, and then of course defenders of the bridge, a lot of fun hanging out with all of them. And, uh, they made our trip very much worth it. All the driving and us being, you know, real sleepy and doing that sleepy cast afterwards, which, um, you know, it, it was just such a blast. And, um, yeah, um, that's pretty much it as far as Lionsbridge goes. This next upcoming week, we're going to go visit the Bantams. Despite Lee Morris saying I'm banned from Bantams games, we're going to make our way down there. <laughs> and um, we're going to uh, see uh, if they can get some revenge on the Eagles. I be- I'm pretty sure they're playing the Eagles. I should have probably double-checked that. But I'm pretty confident they're playing the Eagles. See if they can get some revenge on them. And um, – We'll have fun at whatever, you know, theme night that they have down there, as they usually do. And um, I don't know who we're talking to yet. i got to, you know, figure that out. But we'll talk to somebody. We'll have a good time, as always. And, uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add, Ben? No, just excited to, to take in another uh, match day at the Bantams and uh, 
kind of see, see how things maybe have changed and maybe stayed the same as well down there a year after we were able to see them. Yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, until then, I've been Chris. That's been Ben. And we'll talk to you all next week.